Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 725. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Yismach at Take10FortTorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored by the Weinblatt family, Le'ili Nishmas, Maurice Belfer, Moshe Ben Simcha, Banim today on his Yurtzeit, the 13th of Adar, the Torah we learn, being Eloi to his Neshama. So tonight, of course, is Purim. And because tonight is Purim, and people are going to be listening to this today, tonight, and unlikely we're going to get to another one tomorrow, I want to share a few ideas about Purim. Instead of one topic, we're going to discuss a few relatively quickly within the time. There's a famous line that I'd like to share with you that perhaps maybe we can understand a little bit better. The line says, it's the Yalkut Shimoni. It says that, All of the holidays in the future are going to one day be nullified. But the days of Purim will never be nullified. And also Yom Kippur will never be nullified. So it sounds like this uh, from Yalkut Shimoni that the Yom Purim and Yom HaKippurim are both days that are going to be uh, never ever nullified. The question of course becomes how are you allowed to nullify holidays? I mean the Torah is really not going to fundamentally change about uh, Tosif. We're not supposed to add, we're not supposed to subtract mitzvos in the Torah. So what exactly does this mean? So the Chuvas Haradvaz discusses this and he says no 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 God forbid of course the Moadim themselves will never be nullified, they'll never disappear. But rather, listen to what he says. He says, In those future days, there'll be so much goodness and so much joy and so much relaxation, uh, serenity. Until all of those other days are going to feel the same to people. Meaning, it won't be that, ah, oh, finally I look forward to Yom Tov, I look forward to all of these days because of the serenity they bring every day will have that level of serenity. So it'll feel, ki'ilu, he says, nisbat luhamoadim. It'll feel like they've been nullified. They'll be purposeless when it comes to the rest factor that's involved. Ah, but what about Purim? Avayimei Purim, yunizkarim anasim, he writes. That will still be remembered, and that will still have performances done on that day. Why? Even though it's not from the Torah, and you'd think of all of the holidays that should remain, that should be the lowest of the list. He says, because the Jews will always remember our collective history and how we were sold for death in the story of Haman and Achashverosh. There's something about that collective, uh, that, that collective, uh, I guess, the relief of having survived that threat. But the threat, those type, that type of anxiety, that'll, that'll never leave. And it's so fascinating, the reason that he thinks that this is going to stay. The menucha that other holidays provide, that will be equated with everything, but will always retain a little bit of that, I guess, that anti-Semitic angst. Such an interesting idea, really something to, uh, to think about, that that anxiety that Jews have all throughout Gullus will retain that, because we're the Tsar. Of course, we won't mo- any longer be suffering from it, but we will remember it. Okay, so that's idea number one. Number two, I wanted to share another idea relating to Mikra Megillah. So the Gemara itself says this idea. It says Mishpacha u Mishpacha. You know, the, the, the Megillah itself is a, is a funny mitzvah. It's just a mitzvah der Abanan to, to read the story of what happened. And yet, we know it's one of the big four mitzvahs of 
Purim. So the Gemara says Mishpacha or Mishpacha, as it says in the Megillah, and Esther Teschavches teaches that the Mishpachos of the Kahuna and the Leviya, everybody is obligated in this mitzvah. What does that mean? The Gemara explains it teaches that the Kohanim themselves, if they're in the middle of the Avoda, because remember, Purim happens at the, the period of time between the two Bate Mikdashos, between the two commonwealths. When the second Beis HaMikdash is built, ostensibly they're observing Purim. So now you can have Kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash, who are going to go now and need to hear the story of the Megillah. What should they do? So the Gemara says, they should go be mavatel. they should uh, go run and hear Megillah, instead of doing the Avodah, the service in the Beis HaMikdash. Tani Namihachi, and it goes on to describe the Kohanim and, and their Avodah, and the Levim, and their Duchin, singing the Yisrael, doing their Ma'amados, their Tfilos, outside, all of them will come to hear Mikra Megillah, which is remarkable. And so the Gemara continues, because if that's the case, that we're going to be Mavatel, we're going to push away the the uh, Avoda for Mikra Megillah, so Mikan Samcho shall base Rebbe, Shemavatlin Talmud Torah, they would not learn Torah, meaning they would be Mavatel Talmud Torah, the same way they be Mavatel the Avoda. And how do you know? And so the Gemara makes this statement, it makes this point, that that not only is Mikra Megillah so important to uh, absolve oneself from Avoda, but also from Torah learning. And exactly the parameters of this, and you know how you figure this out, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't be learning all day, but the idea and the principle behind it is so important that we're supposed to be reading this story, and there's something so important about hearing this story, this story, which doesn't even have God's name. It's more important than the avoda that we do in service to God, and also more important than the Torah study that we engage in to understand God's world better. Okay, so that's just something, point two, that we should think about, you know, really, I want to share thought-provoking ideas today. Okay, third idea, it relates to Mishloach Manos, the idea of, you know, the goal of Mishloach Manos. So there's a famous debate about what Mishloach Manos is really about. Is Mishloach Manos about uh, as the meaning as the Rambam puts it, manos ochel A person is supposed to send two portions of two types of foods. The Rambam makes it sound like it's two types of foods. That doesn't mean two types of brachos, but just two types of foods. And the Rambam adds this little line: if you send to friends. So, the better it is. Okay, interesting, what's that about? So, the Truma Sadeshan says, the goal of Mishloach Manos is to be able to make sure that everybody around you has dive sipik l'kayim ha It's really just a preparation for what seems to be the Iker, the main mitzvah of the day, which is the Suda. So, I should go send food around to make sure everybody's okay. But specifically, my obligation is to send it to one person. Okay. Even if the person has, so, you know, we don't just give it to the poor. It's something which is just equal opportunity. That is the goal. It's to help with the idea of the Suda. That's how the Truma Sadashan understands, which is, by the way, why he explains, you know, you can't uh, give a person bedsheets or a towel or, I don't know, um, you know, some pots or pans. You can't do any of that because it's really supposed to be helping with the Suda. I mean, I guess pots and pans. But, okay, whatever. Real foods that are able to be eaten right away at the Suda. But famously, the Manos Halevi explains, no, the goal of Mishloach Manos is more communal. It's not just helping an individual with their Suda, but rather, Haman's accusation was that we are amafuzar umafurad, we are separate, 
we are disparate, we are a nation that, I don't know, doesn't talk to each other. So the idea, Hepech, he says, Isht sarva oyev, we want to undermine, we want to reverse the words of Haman, and we want to put everybody together. And by giving gifts to each other, by fostering relationships, by building bridges, that is how we do so. Now, it's important to understand, as many point out, for example, the Das Chachma Musar says, he says, we're supposed to be tisrabe ahahava. We're supposed to be increasing love, kinship, friendship. Right? That's the goal of the, the brotherhood and the, the collegiality. You're supposed to, at best, if you can, send to somebody who you have issues with. You have a tina and a kpeda alav, right? You have a, some sort of issue. There was a fight. There was an issue. And, you know, you sort of want to uh, bury the hatchet and give shalach manos in order to be able to move on. He says it should be something of significance. Don't hand the person a candy and say, oh, we're good now, right? That, that's, that's not enough. And so, in principle, following this idea of the manos halevi, that it's about connection, uh, we don't really need to connect with the people who we connect with already. So maybe the neighbor who uh, we never really speak to, or the person who we're having an issue with, that's the person who Mishlach Manos is really about, to create more and larger circles to include more people. And then the Peleyoit says, How much greater would it be if the person who is receiving the Mishlach Manos would be honored by it, they would get something from it. So let's say a Gadol, a great person, gives to like a minor person, however you define those things. And the minor person is going to feel so great that they got Mishlach Manos from the Gadol, or again, somebody who has an issue with you. Because we want to uplift people, we want to connect people. That's the goal of Mishlach Manos. So Mishlach Manos is really about creating relationships where there weren't any, to build bridges where there were major divides and gaps. And so trying to do that is the goal. Yeah, we do a lot of them, but at least a few of them should fulfill the mitzvah in the best way possible. Hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something new today. Have an incredible and lebedic, lively, exciting Purim.